Mic check one two one two. What's up, Apple Top? What's up, Stacy Stace? Just same old living in Rona times. I've decided that you're gonna work today and I'm gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Do you hear what? that? <laughs> what is that? A tiger growling. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I got so much. I'm ready for you today. I'm going to play while while you talk. <laughs> I am. Listen. Um... Listen. <laughs> Already. <laughs> oh, this is going to be glorious. Okay. Yeah. I I did. I wrote uh about three pages of notes. So no, not wrote. Typed. Typed three pages of notes. Whoa. And I knew you would be all in. That's why I was like, let me t- let Stacy tell this story while I play a little bit of background. <laughs> <laughs> it it is. It's a crazy. It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. So, um. I did want to tell you one uh, one thing, one funny okay. thing um, that I did. So I uh, I decided, um, you know, every everybody's disinfecting everything, and every time I go anywhere, I try only to go out once a week. You know, go to the grocery store, pick up prescriptions, get my wine. <laughs> right. Um, so I uh, I went out, um, you know, went out this morning and uh, and went to the grocery store and got my wine and. Um, I, uh, uh, on the, when I get home, my ritual, now they've not said anything about your clothes, how you have to take them off or anything like that. But anytime I go out anywhere, my husband goes out anywhere, we'll take off like a, if we wore a jacket, if we wore a sweatshirt, whatever it was that might've touched, you know, the grocery cart and the stuff in the store and the grocery bags, take that off and throw it in the washing machine. I'm just going to watch just to be safe. Um, so I do that. And then I have to wash my hands. I have to unload all the groceries. And then I have to wash my hands again, disinfect everything that the grocery bags touched, every handle that I touched, the garage door opener, the car, everything. Wash my hands again. You know, like I'm just, I'm trying to be absolutely 100% as close as I can be to clean. So um, yesterday I had the bright idea of like, you know what? I haven't cleaned our mailbox. Like I wouldn't usually think to clean our mailbox, but you know, one, we're going out there, we're opening it every day and the mail carrier has to open it every day. And I know they're wearing gloves and stuff, but you know, it's just nice to think about people and clean stuff. So I go out there with my Clorox disinfectant, my little, you know, napkin that I've got to, or paper towel I've got to wipe all this down with. And I'm wiping down the handle and wiping down the little flag that comes up. And we have this other thing that pops up every time you open the mailbox to let you know if there's, that the mail has come for the day. And then you push it back down after you get your mail out. I'm cleaning that out. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm out here doing my duty. And <laughs> so I do all that. Well, when I get back today from the grocery store, I'm like, oh, yeah, I never got the mail yesterday, you know, after I went out and cleaned it. So I go to open the mailbox and like scream, not horrible, but scream because there are ants, AT ants. I mean, everywhere, every fucking where ants. And they're in the mailbox, they're on the mailbox, they're all over the mail. They're every fucking where. 
And I'm like, oh my God. Now we, we in our area, not just where I live, but our area of Virginia, we have a um, problem with the, the little black, not the big black carpenter ants, but the little tiny black ants, you know, mm-hmm. um, they're just in this area of Virginia really bad. Pretty much everybody I know has had ants in their house at some point or another. We get them almost every year unless we can spray, you know, ahead of time, which we did this year. So we haven't gotten them yet, knock on wood other than in the mailbox. I was like, this is so weird. There's no, you know, there's nothing that would draw them to the mailbox. I don't think much of it. I just push the door closed. I'm like, I, Rick's going to have to go out and kill all the, you know, he's going to have to clean this for me because I can't, and this won't bother him. So um, I'm thinking about it as I'm unloading the groceries. And I'm like, all I did, I mean, they don't like Clorox or bleach or vinegar or anything that smells, you know, strong like that. But it dawns on me. I'm like, oh, the Clorox had Sentiva. It smells like coconuts. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that you. <laughs> oh my God. That was- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. <laughs> to um <laughs> reclean our mailbox with a uh, vinegar solution so that um, the ants would not <laughs> enjoy the scent anymore why would they why would they do that well Are it's just because clorox coconut? bleach is so strong it, like you know that stuff smells i mean it, the the bleach spray you know i'm talking about like the the 99.9 percent clorox spray i don't even know if it honestly has bleach in it but it has some kind of you know virus killing um and and they scented it right. with coconut and um yeah i mean i honestly i just grabbed it because it was the only thing i could get i i mean i'm that one's almost empty i've probably got right. one or two more days worth of cleaning in it and then thankfully i have one more bottle with that's regular lemon scented i don't know if that would have been better or not right. <laughs> interesting <laughs> but- that and um, I'm getting tired of having to go to different stores for different items. Like that's just become an every time I go out thing. You know, I'm sure so many other people agree with that as well. But mm-hmm. I know when I go to the grocery store that it's not just one trip. It's going to be two to three to four trips, depending on what I need and where I need to go to get it. And since Walmart has decided that they're going to... um they're going to make it their opinion what you should and should not buy. You can go into Walmart a few people at a time now because they're they're making sure that everybody's not crowded in Walmart. So they send in, I don't know how many at a time. And that's all that's allowed in Walmart. And you're not allowed to buy like things that they consider non-essential. And one of them being draws. Um, <laughs> if you don't leave liquor on the list, I need you, look, how do you know that everybody shit through their draws? How do you know that that somebody didn't have a massive flow? Like maybe they need. I didn't. Some new I draws. didn't know that. Did I you? didn't know that they were stipulating. I knew the obviously when I went today. I knew um, because I tried to make a stop at Walmart and had forgotten they were doing that, and then saw the line of people outside and was like, "No, I don't need anything from Walmart that bad. I'll go right back to Target or to the little grocery local grocery store we have." Um, 
send my husband out tomorrow morning first thing to go only to Walmart for the couple of things that I can't get anywhere else. But um, I did not realize they were stipulating that. I mean, obviously, every grocery store has stipulations on how much soap or sanitizing or toilet paper you can buy. But I didn't know they were straight up saying, nah, you can't buy these T-shirts and these underwear and these socks. You don't need that shit that bad. Well, I think that what happened is people are using Walmart as like their hangout and walking around and uh, hey, whatever. And I think that they you're want, uh, you're you're I know what you're saying, what but you, you cut out for just a moment. They're going to Walmart and they're using Walmart as their hangout and going to do what? So, oh, that's sorry. exactly it, what it I was saying out, to you. you was say? it cut out for a moment while you were talking? So they're going to Walmart to use their hangout and do what? Yeah, like they're going to Walmart and hanging out and just, you know, looking around and blah, blah, blah. And they want you to get in and they want you to get out. They want don't want people lingering around or whatever. So I guess this will, especially with people hanging out outside because they can't come out. I mean, they can't go in until you come out. So I guess you get in and you get out and then the other people can get in and get out. But I did read a couple articles where you hang out which i have no idea why in the world you would want to use walmart of all places on the earth oh that sounds wretched but you know what that that makes complete sense because people just they just want to get out of their house and do something i mean even though they know you know they shouldn't they're just like well hey i'm staying away from people (laughs) i can walk around walmart for a while i i had an ex-boyfriend that used to do that back when we were teenagers and he'd be like let's just go to walmart why do you do you need something no, let's, let's, let's just go. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. You, I mean, I'll wait in the car. You want to walk around Walmart for a while and I don't need to go in there. Like, I never understood that mentality of like, hey, let's just go walk around somewhere. Why? <laughs> no, I think that I walked around the mall and that was pr- when I was younger and that was pretty much it. But no, I no, I mean, I have done that, that too. I have. And I, but I feel like that's in my head anyway that's different i I mean i guess people could argue and be like well walmart has everything you know if not (laughs) more than the mall has but walking around the mall was just you could walk through hallways essentially you know and not have to go into stores like walmart you just did one big ass store and all those people mm -mm, no thank you Um, but yeah, having, having to go to so many different stores is just, (laughs) (laughs) tag your it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the the game we get to play now. Um, So yeah, if there's a lot of in and out, it's just because we keep losing connection. I I'm wondering if it, if anchor is just overwhelmed with people. Like, and that's why that's been happening. They're talking about the internet in different places being, you know, overwhelmed with traffic. Like, I wonder if that's what's been happening these last couple of times we've tried to record and it just keeps cutting out. I can imagine so. And not only that, um, Pornhub gave away free premium. So, (laughs) 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 anytime you give away, hello, what do you think is going to happen? Idle hands. You know what I mean? (laughs) (sighs) All right. Okay. So I guess to to, uh, get on to our discussion, we were going to discuss Tiger King as we uh, listed in the uh, 
episode notes. Um, I know so many people have posted so many memes about Tiger King, and I was complaining to you that uh, people pissed me off so bad because there was no warning. It was just like sometimes I just, you know, I'm just leisurely scrolling through Facebook, and now I've just had it ruined for me. I had a huge chunk of this documentary ruined for me before I saw it, and I think I was only like four days late into seeing it, but it has fucking blown up. What what happened that it ruined for you? <laughs> well, I'll, um, you know what? I'll I can get into it as we go through the story okay. and tell you tell you about the meme that I saw. Um, because uh, <laughs> so pissed about that. Let yeah. Me, uh, while I'm in my notes here, let me give myself a note at the end uh, to tell you about the meme, <laughs> so that we can uh, we can share that together. But yeah, if if you have not been on the internet or had your head under a rock, then maybe you don't know about this crazy documentary, but it, it was one of the craziest things I have watched. I watched this one and uh, the documentary, how to fix a drug scandal (laughs) in the same week. And (laughs) (laughs) while I will say this one had way more twists and turns, I actually was way more enthralled with how to fix a drug scandal, but that one hasn't gotten nearly as much traction. (laughs) Right, I I got a I got an intro to this. Uh, Mr. Joe, listen. Oh, okay. I consider that bitch to be one of the biggest terrorists in the exotic animal world. We do not own rights to that. <laughs> oh I, oh, I was trying so hard not to laugh while that was on, so it would catch all of it. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I I cannot think of her name without hearing his voice say that bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right, so we're going to give the the rundown <clears throat> on the documentary. If you haven't seen it, you don't feel like sitting through seven episodes of this crazy <laughs> craziness that uh, this is going to give you the cliff notes. Um, the man who's uh, who is listed as the Tiger King, uh, his name, his actual name is Joe Schreibvogel, but he goes by Joe Exotic. He always said, nobody can pronounce my name. I'm not going to go by this name. Just call me Joe Exotic. Um, so who is that? Who, who's Maldonado Passage? What was that one of his names, too? Joe Mal- Maldonado Passage. Remember, they kept uh, saying that. Oh, um, I believe you know what? I could be wrong on this if I say this and I'm and I'm wrong. Somebody feel free to correct me. I thought he took his husband's last names. Oh, the ones that weren't gay, right? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna okay. get into that. now i i could be incorrect when i say that um so Mm -hmm. if i am somebody feel free to uh no i think that's right i think you're right (laughs) so uh joe exotic he bought and built his quote-unquote zoo he called it the gw zoo he did that in 1999 um he just bought a huge amount of land um and and he decided that like he started out they don't actually tell you this or show you this until the very end scene of the documentary but he actually did start out trying to be a like a good like almost i don't want to call him a philanthropist because i don't think he was quite that 
but he didn't start out exploiting animals. He started out wanting to save them, wanting to, he wanted to teach people. Um, now he did want to have people be able to interact, which is something that if you talk to a lot of like, let's say PETA or a lot of animal activists, they're going to tell you, well, no, 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 you can't do that. That's not the animals, you know, actual, um, that's not the way they should have grown up. That's still exploitation. So it just depends on what your exact definition of exploitation of an animal is. But he wanted to take animal like big cats, mainly tigers. Now he had other cats as well, but tigers were the main focus of this documentary, and that was his main love. Um, and he wanted to teach people and have people be able to interact and pet these animals. And he thought that by letting someone come to a zoo where they could lay their hands on, you know, these. 600 pound tigers and let them see how just amazing they were that that would cause people to stop and think that would cause people to care about these animals and actually try to do something to save them in the wild because at the time uh tigers were going extinct in the wild and currently to date you know what i didn't write it down that there are what is it three times more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild i think that's correct i can't remember the exact numbers they said something like it was like Okay, I, I think I remember numbers, and I think they said something like there, throughout the United States, people who own the tigers was around like five thousand. Now throughout the world, tigers who ran f- free in the wild as they should, it was around like thirty five hundred. That sounds that sounds right. I I think you're if you're not exact, I think you're close. So, mm-hmm. yeah, tigers in captivity, and and when they say in captivity, they don't just mean in zoos. Exactly what you said, they mean people own these as pets. Right, right. And that that farm that farm started out as a horse farm. Did you know that? Oh, it did. Yes, you're right. You're right about that. Um. So he, in the beginning, he had good intentions. You know, he, he wanted to save these animals. He thought they were amazing. He wanted, but he, again, wanted to do something completely unprecedented and have people be able to physically interact with these cats. Um, so his sole purpose wasn't just to make a profit, but obviously he was going to make a profit. Um, in the beginning, he even had videos of himself telling people, don't breed these exotic cats and these exotic animals. They need to be out in the wild. But his outlook definitely changed. <clears throat> we'll get into that a uh, little bit more. But he he definitely made a completely complete 180 when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's move on to a woman named Carol Baskins. Now Carol Baskins is a woman who uh, does big cat rescue. Now that's what she does. Carol originally had a husband who loved owning exotic animals bred them they took the kittens away from the moms within hours like they had video of what they were doing and saying like they had video of carol saying now that i know this seems cruel but this is what we have to do so we can get these cats accustomed to humans and they can make great pets um and again she made a complete 180 when it comes to that um she began to change her outlook she wanted her millionaire husband which we'll get into him too but wanted her millionaire husband to stop buying and trading and selling exotic animals, especially big cats. She even built a sanctuary on their land that she and her husband owned. And she began to house big cats that couldn't be released back into the wild. And her thing was trying to, you know, get these animals just as, as close to the wild as they could. 
Um, <clears throat> she did have a, she did make a profit off of it by having people come in and pay to, to see the cats. But unlike with Joe's zoo, they could not interact. The cats were not asked to do any tricks or anything like that. You couldn't take pictures with them. And you could take pictures at the site, but you couldn't, you know, you wouldn't specifically have a cat right next to you. It was like, hey, you might see them, you might not. Kind of just like going to a zoo today. Yeah. Um, a little bit more about Carol. So Carol met her second husband, who is the husband I was actually just speaking about, her millionaire husband. She met him when she was 17 years old. Uh, she was already married to another man who was extremely abusive. She didn't love him. Seemed like he didn't love her just seemed to be a, a marriage of convenience because Carol wanted to get out of her, her home life. So she married young and it just didn't work out. Well, one night she and her husband had had a fight. She's walking down the road. It's very late at night, just walking by herself. And a man drives up beside her and asked her if she needed a ride. She said, no, told him to, you know, go on somewhere. So he leaves. Well, he comes back around again. Now, over and over and over, she's walking down the street. This man <laughs> just keeps pulling up beside her and trying to get her to get in. Says he just wants to talk. He just needs someone to talk to. She keeps saying no and just keeps telling him, you know, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. I've got my own problems. So finally, he comes around yet again. He shows her there's a gun in the passenger seat of his car. And he says to her, you can hold this gun on me the whole time. Please just get in the car with me. I just need someone to talk to. <laughs> so she obliged. She got in, held the gun up to his head, and they just drove around. Now, he talked to her about his home life and his wife and all the problems he was having. She talked to him a little bit about her husband and all the problems she was having. This man... About twice her age, I think a little bit more than twice her age, married with kids. And for whatever reason, they just hit it off while she uh, held his gun to his head. They ended up going to a hotel and spending the night together. And hey, Carol just never went back home again. He divorced his wife, left his kids, married Carol, and that's it. They started, uh, in the end, that's how Carol started her sanctuary, was with her second husband, who was a millionaire. Now, at the time, she they <laughs> I just thought about like you you said he just left his wife and just got up and left and never went back and I first thing I thought about was Lizzo <laughs> could have had a bad bitch not the middle <laughs> to help him with the career <laughs> just a little <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so in in the beginning um like i said he he was all about collecting animals and she started out that way but as time went on they they kind of separated their views she was trying to get him to stop collecting the animals and deal more with the sanctuary and he was more just like hey you know what do what you want bitch like here's the money <laughs> leave me alone i'm getting my shit so he would constantly draw right. or fly out to South America. He would fly all over the world, just getting cats, getting anything he wanted. I mean, he was into a little bit of everything. She never quite admitted everything he was into, but it sounds like he had his hand in quite a few drugs as well. So, um, all right. So Joe and Carol, Joe Exotic and Carol, they had a constant feud going. Carol wanted to shut down Joe for animal abuse. And Joe wanted to shut down Carol for, quote, being a dumb, hypocritical bitch. <laughs> 
Joe right. had his own small internet TV show and he constantly tormented Carol. He would put up blow up dolls with a picture of her face on them and shoot them in the head. He'd pull, he'd pull out venomous snakes on the TV, or I'm sorry, on camera, and say like, hey, Carol, I'm going to leave these for you. Happy birthday, bitch. And, <laughs> and Carol actually said he did do that. She said she had opened her mailbox to find a bunch of venomous snakes in it at one point. Couldn't prove that it was Joe, but hey, kind of sounds like it was probably Joe. Um, he right. was, so Joe constantly said that Carol was keeping the big cats as pets, just like him. And she charged money for people to come into the sanctuary, just like he did. So who the hell is she? But Carol was adamant right. that she never touched the cat. She never allowed people to touch them. She tried to let them live out their days as peacefully as possible. Now she would feed them like for anybody that's watching these documentaries, like if, if you're going to feed these big cats, you can't you know just walk in there with your hunk of cow <laughs> and feed them because they're going to attack you i mean they they have no you know there's no sense it's just hey food you smell like food that cow leg that you're dragging in here smells like food i'm gonna eat it um so joe had like a feeder system they would throw food like down into this metal contraption that would open up and drop the the food down into the cat's cages and there could be 17 18 cats in there and they would just keep dropping food till every cat had a piece i mean the cats would fight for it they you know it's not like it was uh, like oh here's your feeder and here's your feeder um but Carol had a specific um, like area where the cats had to walk into to eat. So it was like one cat at a time. It was very tiny. It looked very cramped, but it was, it was, that was how she controlled to make sure they got their food and to make sure that, you know, it wasn't chaos. So Joe said, right. you know, that was horrible. The fact that she didn't let them be cats, it just back and forth, back and forth. They went, Another little side note that I know you and I talked about already. There was <laughs> there's one girl that they were interviewing. I did not write down her name because I actually forgot about this till right now. Um, there was one girl that they kept interviewing. At least say her place where she got interviewed, best ever. There was a broken down door from like an outside door that was just laying on the ground. There was a huge uh, propane tank next to a huge gas tank. Um, or not a gas, uh, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a, where, where you put gas for like your lawnmower, you know, like a, just a container, like a gas container. Um, she was in a fold out chair and just nothing but dirt and trash all around her. And she... Oh, you're talking about, oh, it was like sash or something. The That's what I, yes. Yeah, so, so they, I think it was like two or three episodes in before you find out what happened to her arm. Because uh, they're showing all these different people who are missing fingers, missing legs, missing an arm, and you don't know what happened to them. And, like, one guy, he had two missing legs, but it had nothing to do with the tigers. He had fallen out of a building and landed on his feet and shattered his femurs and just ended up having to have his legs amputated. He actually had some really cool prosthetics. They were, like, they were just really cool. Yeah. Um but she just, she didn't wear a prosthetic. Her arm was amputated just below the elbow. And um, it went on for a while before they said what had happened. Well, apparently <laughs> she reached into the tiger cage for some reason. Probably just, you know, she knew better, but she wasn't thinking. And what was that? She said that I saw a uh, video 
where it said that she had gotten so comfortable and complacent that instead of putting the food on a stick and putting it in a cage, she just put her hand through it. Like, what a, you know, and she seemed like she had the most level-headed and she was caught, she had the most common sense and just seemed like she just kind of had it all together. And then when I heard she did that, I'm thinking, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, and you know, they said that was the reason why they didn't put that animal down because it was like, they did take it out of what they call population where you know um it couldn't be pet by by people it couldn't be a part of the shows or anything like that but they just took it out of that uh out of population but they did not put the the tiger down because you know that was definitely like yeah she she so she put her i didn't know why she did but now that i know that she puts her hand inside the tiger grabs her hand and pulls it so violently through the chain link fence that it just ripped the skin off of her arm pulling it straight through the tiger didn't attack her arm it just pulled it so far so fast it just ripped all the skin off the outside of her arm he was just trying Mm -hmm. to get his his lunch and and the fact that i'm that's one thing i'm going to praise them for is not putting the the tiger didn't do anything and even you know what even if it had like you knew this you knew what you were getting into there's no reason to kill these animals when they act like themselves Right. And she, she even said in this little video that I watched, she even said, like, it was my fault. You do something every day, you know, for, for periods of time. And, and, you know, when you do your job, you think, you know, I do this every day. It's no big deal, you know, and, you know, throw the food in there real quick without putting it on the stick and you get your hand back. And when you get your hand back multiple times, you kind of think, oh, I'm good at this. They like me or I'm good. Or, you know, she just said she got really comfortable, really complacent. And one day it backfired on her. You know, I mean, that's completely true. That that can happen anywhere. It's just most of the time you're not dealing with, you know, your life or your limbs. Um, but yeah, she she didn't want to have any bad publicity for the site. I mean, she was back to work. What was it? A week after she had her arm amputated. Mm-hmm. Seven days, and yeah. they interviewed her she's like i have nothing against the cats it wasn't the cat's fault he didn't do anything wrong like that was on me i shouldn't have done what i did and i liked that she kept her her arm that had been amputated she kept it inside of a coat sleeve so that people couldn't gawk at it you know and, and act like fools like she kept her other hand out <laughs> oh oh i was like why wait a minute that was against the law for them to get oh my God. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. Like, I, pr- I probably, probably worded that incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know oh what pissed me off was that they were talking a little bit before that happened. They were showing um, a man who had released, was it 42 wild animals, bears, tigers, mountain lions, just released all these animals on, on the sit on the county that he lived in. And they were all shot dead, all but one. Oh, yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, they lined these dead animals up on on this just piece of dirt that they had decided they were going to lay them all in. And they filmed it. And you could watch that. You could watch all of these innocent animals that had been murdered and laid down across this field. But when this lady had her arm degloved, you know, they wouldn't show that. They blurred that out. You know fucking mad I was about that? Oh my gosh, you can't be serious. You, you can't show me a little bit of open flesh on a human being, but a bunch of murdered animals totally fine. 
Yeah. So uh, back to all right. So Joe Joe was an anomaly as as the type of person he was, and and I cannot stress this enough. This man, he was an anomaly. Like he just was like a person who does not fit into any stereotype because he was gay. He was a right wing. He was gun toting. He was a redneck. Like he just. It, it was the weirdest, you know, usually when you think of somebody that's going to own these big casts, it's going to be gun toting. That's a right wing conservative, conservative. Oh, my God, I can't say it. Cons- I can't. I would never put him Thank in you. a conservative category. Did he really put him? Would did yeah. he put himself there? Because what? He's he did as far as um his his views on on. Well, you know what? I guess I can't. I can't. He went in as a, uh, was it a libertarian? Is that what he, oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. All right. Let me. <laughs> I, know, I know when he decided to run for president or whatever, of Colorado, he, he registered himself. That's it. He did. You're right. He did it as a, as an independent. Um, he just, he tended to, to um, side more with people that had a much more right wing view. I mean, other, other than being gay. Other than being gay and drugs, those were his two, like, <laughs> he just, he just fit into no stereotype. I mean, he had a mullet, he had, um, you know, this crazy accent. He had, anybody that has not seen this man, you should really Google his face to see that, that eyebrow ring that was just holding on by one little piece of skin. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they have, um, they're uh, going around saying that they want to do a movie of this and they want David Spade <laughs> to play the character <laughs> of Joe Exotic, which I think is absolutely perfect because anybody who knows Joe Dirt, like it just it just seems like yes, David Spade is the person to play Speaking him. Speak into the microphone. I got a backup mic right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that, that he could, you know what? I cannot imagine he would do it, but I think he one hundred percent he'd be the best. He would be the best. All the videos that I've watched, like outside of Netflix, and I watched um, um a video with him and I think her name is Sash. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say the amputee <laughs> girl. Um, the her they he did a video with um the 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 one with three T's. He they he did a. a Yep, he did a, a video with him. And I'm telling you, like, if you see it, they did, like, a side-by-side, like, where David Spade is on one side and then the person he's interviewing is, you know, on the other side. And they're talking about him. He is thoroughly invested. He's watched it. He's talking about it. Like, I really think that he's considering it. Like, it, You know, a really side do. note made me think of uh, Samuel L. Jackson reading his um, Stay the Fuck Home off of jimmy kimmel and they were asking him oh yeah they were asking him what what kind of tv have you been watching he's like i gotta admit i watched the tiger documentary i did (laughs) it's like it's like them people are crazy yeah and when me me dylan i watched it and then dylan watched it and i kind of watched it a little bit with him and i was like you know it's so hard to believe that this is in bumpa in the middle of oklahoma you know, obviously they've got all these lands and all these, all this land and these exotic animals and they, it's just country. And why do they have the most fucking drama ever? Because there's nothing else to do. 
my god. He he had um Joe Exotic had a, a long term boyfriend whom he eventually married. That is the man that AT just referred to as three teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's his nickname, three teeth. Oh my gosh, they interviewed this dude and he never had a shirt on whole time, just chilling in his chair with his shirt completely off. And uh what oh my god, AT, what did his um what did his tattoo say before he got it covered up? Joe, Joe's property or only Joe's or only for Joe? Yes, yeah, it, it says something like that. A then bull. Like a, uh, yeah. What is a bull? He had a, a oh huge tattoo that went right over top of his, uh, I don't know, his, um, what do you call that? The, the area of hair. Why am I trying to think? Like his pubic bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and he <laughs> said something like Joe's property or for Joe, I don't know. And then he uh, he was so confusing because the whole entire time he would be talking about how you know he loved this. I love Joe. He's sensitive. You know, he shows me love. Blah blah blah. And then as soon as he would finish, and you know, you see the tattoo of what he had on him and then he was finished that sentence and he'd be like oh i've never been da- gay i've dated girls all throughout i never you know and i'm like you are fucking him you might want to call if you, you like my husband said you might want to label yourself as bi but you're definitely gay you might like women too but yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I know he, you know what though? I, I had, I, I told you that I, I knew a person, I knew a guy and, and he ended up dating long-term another guy. I mean, we were in high school when they met and I remember saying like, he's not gay. And my friend who was absolutely 100% gay, no bisexual whatsoever was like, he doesn't know he's confused. Okay. Well, he might be bisexual but he's he's not gay like this guy is not gay and they they had a relationship for years and now finally that guy is like dude i'm not gay <laughs> it happens a lot wow. i i don't know i mean i guess you just maybe it's more like a pansexual thing where you're just like hey i'm open to anything but i'm not really attracted to this i'm just like eh, i'll give it a go <laughs> i mean about if you want the the truth about it though it really seems like hey man how about i keep you hooked on meth and you suck my dick from time to time yeah and i mean to make sure that all of his teeth went away so you could have <laughs> extra pleasure that slide it right in between right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 Oh my goodness. Well, so they get married. Him and this guy, they get married. And later on the line, they would actually add another husband to their union. And that second husband's name was Travis. So both Joe and his original husband and Travis stated, or I'm sorry, both Joe's original husband. Um, I had his name written down here later, and I'm sorry, I just can't remember it right now, but I'll get to it. Um, the first uh, dude, three teeth, as you call them, and Travis, they both straight up said they, they weren't gay, but they just fell in love with Joe. And Joe had a, you know, if you, they interviewed a couple of other people about Joe, and Joe was like, look, you know, he has a way of making people just feel like they're the most important thing in the whole wide world. You know, he just, he, 
if somebody wanted a, an ATV, it was like, hey, I've got this huge animal park with these big cats and I can get you an ATV and you can just spend your whole day just driving around looking at cats on your ATV. I'll buy you guns if you want guns. I'll buy you, you know, drugs. I'll buy you alcohol. I'll get you whatever you want to make you happy, but you got to come live with me and lay with me in bed. Yeah, because he only paid them like, what, like a hundred bucks? Well, those were the workers. And three teeth said that uh, that he found this opportunity. That's Craigslist. yep. That's right. Yeah, everybody else that worked there, they were like, "Look, you know, this is this is our life. Like, this is not just our job. This is our life. We live here. We work here." Um, one thing I forgot to write down, but I just remembered the Walmart truck. They had a deal with Walmart where Walmart would take all of their expired food and they would give it over to the zoo. Which okay, that's fine. I mean, they're they're expired uh, meats that were you know because it's stuff that was like expired some of it expired by a day you know but they have to throw that out they can't keep that so they had a um a contract with the gw zoo where they would give these all this meat over well all the workers would go through and pick out what they wanted first so they would get all this expired food and that was how they that's how they had dinner that's how they ate oh and then they would give the leftovers to the cats so, you know, oh, I've got these T-bone steaks, and then here's this leftover chicken for these cats. So, yeah, they, like, um, they, uh, like, Carol, Carol and her second husband, um, back to her, so she, she and second husband, who's, who's a billionaire, um, and I don't know what he did originally, like, it was never really said, it sounds like he, like I said, had his hand in a lot of things that were not so on the up and up, um, but they also had a tumultuous relationship. And one day he leaves to go on a trip and he left constantly. I mean, he had his own private planes. He would fly them. Carol says, look, he would fly below radar. He would go places where he wasn't supposed to go. He knew he could get away with it. He wasn't permitted to fly in this airspace, but he would go because he, you know, he knew he could and he was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. And he leaves for this trip and he is just never seen again. Like he just straight up disappeared. They found his truck. They found where his plane would have been. They couldn't find his plane. And, uh, or no, they did find his plane where it had landed. Um, but they, they never found any trace of him. He had a briefcase in the play with him, his wallet, all that stuff was left in there, but he was just gone. And Joe begins spreading rumors right away and filing police reports that say that Carol killed her husband to get his millions and she fed him to the cats or she buried him under their sewer system. And he kept telling the cops, if you dig up the sewer system, you're going to find him. Now, Carol was like, look, we put in that sewer system months before he left, months before my husband ever left. But Joe kept saying, well, it's freshly dug up, so he must be under there. She was like, the police went and checked it with the, the cadaver dogs. They never found anything. They didn't see any reason to dig it back up. But Joe's on his internet show just telling everybody, hey, Carol, Carol fed her husband to the cats. And police scoured the sanctuary. I mean, they flew helicopters over the entire acreage to find any clues, anything at all. And they found absolutely nothing. And Carol was saying, like, look, if she killed her husband, they would have found blood. They would have found bones. They would have found something, you know, in or around the big cat's cages. And Joe, Joe claimed that that wasn't true because he said, if you feed a tiger an entire chicken, when they, you know, defecate, then nothing's going to come out. There's not going to be any bones or beak or 
toenails, like the acid in their stomach will break everything down to complete. It's just straight poop at that point. And he said there wouldn't be any remnants. But I, I got to kind of personally, I got to kind of side with Carol here because these cats, when they threw in meat for them, it's not like they ate all daintily. I mean, they were tearing shit up, blood everywhere, guts everywhere. Like they're not just wolfing down every little thing. I have to say that that she's fucking crazy. And like her <laughs> eyes are crazy. The way that she speaks are, is crazy. She never once, nothing that I ever saw, made it seem like she was sad that he was gone. It was like almost in every interview when she's talking about her husband being missing and all the theories that were being said, she would like kind of look like a little laugh, little smirk about it. Like, oh, that couldn't be the way. <laughs> like, you haven't figured it out yet. You know, like, what the hell? <laughs> hey, hey there. Hey there, cats crazy. and kittens. It's Carol. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what? I, I don't know. I didn't dislike her. Now I don't think she's completely innocent in any of this, but I really I honest to God, if I had to break it down my opinion of it, I think that she did not kill this man, but I don't think she's sad he's dead. She got exactly what she wanted. She wanted him to stop breeding these cats and stop, you know, doing something that she had decided was wrong. And she got to have all of his money to continue doing what she wants to do every day. I, I mean, she's an odd human being. I can't say that I liked her, but I don't think she killed him. That's just my opinion, though. <laughs> oh, I do. I think she killed his ass. I, and I think she did put him in, um, in that meat grinder. And I, I can just picture her. Okay, here, okay. I'm setting the scene. I can picture that he's already dead. She's already killed him. She's left like the 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 tigers eat the most of them and there's these portions that are left over that she needs to clean up she goes and she gets dressed in her her little cat print and puts her little headband on and then she goes over to that meat grinder and she puts the rest of her fucking husband in there and then she starts canning him in mason jars so whenever the the that they peak your tigers want a treat or something she goes to the jar and she's like <laughs> a little bit and then puts it out in a little bowl and lets them finish it and it's like the oh gift that keeps on god. giving oh my god i can just imagine the whole thing she said the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh that yeah. was that was glorious i do like your take on it your take is way more interesting than mine <laughs> <laughs> she just, just she gives me the freak. She really does. She me well, out. meanwhile, during all of this chaos, there is a man, and he's a producer, and he works in reality TV, and he's heard of Joe's insane lifestyle, and he decides, you know what, I can make bank on this crazy person, so. He goes and talks to Joe and he asked him like, Hey, you know, I want to create a reality TV show. I know that you have your own, you know, internet based TV show, but I want to create this reality show just based on you. And Joe said, you know what, I'll do that, but I want to continue to create my own reality show or, you know, my own internet show because I have followers and I want to keep that going. But yeah, you can follow me around and film me. I mean, Joe loved being in front of the camera. He loved being the center of attention. He loved just standing up and just talking nonsensical. He, he was just all about it. So 
they they put cameras all over the zoo and i mean all over like they put them on every tiger cage they put them in in every single um there were different uh buildings in the zoo they put them all over the buildings so 24 7 these people were being recorded everything that happened was getting recorded and then the producer was going to go through and you know figure out which footage she could use and which footage she couldn't well he and Joe got in an argument one day and <laughs> Joe told him, you know, what? you get the hell out of here. Like you, you know, and you leave all your shit here because this is my footage. This is my zoo. And the dude, the producer was like, um, yeah, see this contract you signed. I own you. I own everything. Even your little internet show. I own it all. It's all mine to do with as I see fit. And Joe flipped out and started screaming at him. You better get off his property. I'll fucking kill you. Like he just starts going nuts. So the producer dude is used to the way that Joe acts because he's been living on this place for months. He understands like that Joe is just crazy. And he, he just leaves for a little while. Like, you know, what? I'm just gonna let him cool off. He's like, I got in my truck. I rolled out for a little bit. Well, Joe goes to his lawyer and Joe actually filmed with his phone or somebody was with him and was filming him having a conversation with his lawyer. And he's like, look, this guy says he owns everything. I want to know what I need to do. And the lawyer is like, well, what did you do to protect yourself from that? I mean, what, where is, where is anything that shows protection that you get to keep any of this, you know, this filming and this footage. And Joe's like, I mean, I don't have anything. Lawyer's like, basically, just like, you're fucked. I mean, you signed a contract that says that this producer owns you. That That's just how it is. You know, that producer's name was um, named Rick Kirkham, and he wasn't a dumb guy. He wasn't just a guy that came out of nowhere. He used to work yeah. for Inside Edition, you know? And, and he had already, um, he had created this documentary called tv junkie and it was about him himself he was addicted to drugs and he did a documentary and pretty much like filmed his whole his whole self going through his drug addiction so he had a lot of experience and knew what the hell he was doing although joe just thought oh this guy's gonna come in here and give me the glamour and glitz that i want he had way deeper intentions than that like he he knew how to protect exactly and exactly life. so when he comes back on and, and comes back and, and Joe is still pissed and Joe's like, look, I've got a funeral. One of my friends has passed away and I need to leave. He had to go out of state. So he goes out of state. He tells the guy, you can't come back on my property. You know, fuck you. You stay off. So the guy's just like, you know what? What's the, what's the producer's name again? I'm sorry. Rick Kirkham. Okay. Oh, so Rick, Rick Kirkham's Kirkham. like, look, he's like, I knew what Joe was like. I figured I need to give him a few days to cool off. I'll come back and continue filming. And if he won't let me back on, then I'll get, you know, a judge to warrant that I can come back on here and finish this filming, or I can take all my, you know, equipment and all my stuff with me because this is a contract. You know, he's going to owe me for anything I can't finish up. So Joe leaves and Joe goes to his funeral. Well, while Joe is gone out of state, the building they had a, a huge warehouse and that was where they kept um all of their all their stuff for joe's internet show that's where the rick kirkham was keeping all of his um backup for the uh the show that he was producing the reality show of joe and then they also happened to have like a separate section of this building where six alligators were housed as well and while joe was gone somebody uh set fire like it was definitely arson because they said that Whatever this person had used or persons had used was so it, it burned so hot that it completely destroyed the entire inside of the building. Every single thing in there burned, oh, uh, including the alligators, they boiled alive. And 
those alligators were uh, three teeth alligators. He was very upset that someone had killed his alligators. They were all his, and he loved them very much, apparently. Did you know whose alligators I just said they, they were, were three teeth. Oh, no, no, no. But maybe, like, to him as they he thought that they were his, like, oh. while he took care of them. They belonged to Michael Jackson. I never, they never said that in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, they, no, they didn't, but there was, I read several articles and watched several um, videos that Michael Jackson housed his alligators there, and that was that, that his alligators were the ones who burnt down. Oh, no, I, I never, I never knew that. Um, but I didn't. I didn't oh. read anything on this. I'm only going from uh, the documentary because I, I just took notes through the documentary. Um, so oh, I went all outside. Of <laughs> it's- I even found out because I was wondering, like you know, that certain part um, where it's so fucking cheesy too, where he makes his own. Oh Lord! Video yeah, I'm getting to that. Yeah, and they're like, oh my god! And I, the whole time I'm like, this is so fucking cheesy. He has to be lip singing, and so I googled whether that was him singing or not, and no, it wasn't. He he lip sing and had some band called the Quentin Johnson Band. Um, write the music and sing and then he lip synced over it <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't know that either I never yeah I never knew any of that um well the, the rumor on, on the fire the the well again the rumor Joe put up this whole thing on his internet show and said you know I don't know I'm sure Carol Baskins did it that bitch did it and uh I you know anybody that can get her arrested for it for, not even not even just convicted but just arrested i'll pay you ten thousand dollars because he he brings in another man who has money which we'll get to him in a second um and meanwhile though uh god i can i'm so sorry i keep blanking on his name what is the producer's name again thank you i was rick like kirk somebody okay so rick kirkham shows up and every single piece of equipment he had, he hadn't backed up any of this stuff to computers, to hard drives. Everything was in that building and it's gone. Every bit of his livelihood is completely gone because he just, he was like, I was going to retire on this. Like this was going to be my, this would be it. And he said he packed up his dog, put him in his truck and they drove away. He said he had a nervous breakdown. Like he just fell to pieces over this whole thing and and that he had to pick himself back up again because it, he lost everything he lost every single thing so the the rumor is that joe had somebody start this fire while he was out of town so that rick couldn't get uh he couldn't you know couldn't hold everything over top of joe and also um so that he could uh you know collect the the insurance money and he would be able to to have that money as well um he also had some there was also some footage in there that was subpoenaed in court by carol and that was also burned up um i was getting to joe produced music videos as well like you said uh several of them were about tigers but one in particular he called here kitty kitty and that one was about how Carol fed her husband to the Tigers. He made a music video which had a woman in it who bore a striking resemblance to Carol herself, just feeding chunks of meat to a tiger while she laughed. Just the worst videos. Like, just. Oh, they were. Terrible. Yeah, what was it? I, I saw a tiger and a tiger saw a man. That was one of the, one of the lyrics I remember. <laughs> 
so um side note of all of this there was another zookeeper named doc antle and doc antle he's another big cat showman i mean he also had a, a huge elephant he had monkeys um he again would let people come onto his property and they could touch the cats they could take pictures with the kittens and Joe claims that Doc told him once, uh, like, that once the cats reach about six months of age, they're useless. You either need to sell them for profit, you need to kill them, because they're wasting all of your money. And Doc also keeps, like, a harem of pretty women to show off the cats and to be at his beck and call at all times. They had uh, another guy they interviewed, and I did not write down his name, that said... Uh, I don't. I don't need Doc to show me how to train the animals. I got that part. You tell me how you keep them fucking women in line. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Joe took his big cat show on the road, and he would go to malls all over the U.S. And Carol, and at this point, Carol and her third husband, which he was in a lot of the documentary as well. Um, you know who he looked like? If anybody remembers the show Alf from way back in the 90s he looked like the dad (laughs) (laughs) and and to tie it all in together remember alf used to eat cats so i just went (laughs) oh my god uh i used to watch so did i um so he, he would take his, his, Joe would take his big cat show on the road. Well, Carol and her husband made it a mission to try to, like, if they would find out Joe was going to be in a mall in, say, Springfield, Missouri, they would reach out to that mall, like, you don't want this press. They would, co- they would send people out to go and picket around it. Um, and if he would have them, or if the mall would still have them anyway, then they would go after them afterward. Like, you don't want this kind of publicity. You don't want this, you know, tied in with your mall. This is animal cruelty. Like, Carol was always advocating for big cats and trying to free big cats. And if they couldn't be free, then they should be put in sanctuaries, you know, like hers, and never be forced to perform again for human uh, pleasure. Um, Let's see. Carol had her second husband declared dead at exactly five years and one day, which is the the state law where they were at uh, that after five years, if somebody went missing, you could have them declared dead. So she did do that. Um, After he had disappeared, she claimed all of the money and all of his policies. She took policies out that were actually in his ex-wife's names and kids' names and put them into hers so that she could get the money from those policies as well. Um, eventually Carol and her third husband were able to sue Zoe, Joe exotic for trying to use their name and their logo. Like he would do these really underhanded things, like make a logo that looked very, very similar to theirs. He would, um, like they had something on their website that was like, you know, for animal abuse, call nine one one, blah, blah, blah. Well, he would link to it, you know, like, Oh, for animal abuse, call here nine one one this. And it would be very similar to what Carol had but it would actually come to the GW zoo and then they could field those calls and try to get people to come into the zoo. So anything that Carol did to be an activist, Joe would try to turn around to get to his zoo and back and forth, they would go. So she and her third husband actually were able to, like I said, go after him and sue him. So Joe started doing things like 
selling the zoo to one of his husbands or somebody that worked in the park so that now Carol had to go through and refile everything. You know, all the motions that she had gone after Joe for, well, now she have to go after the husband or whomever the new owner was. And then they would just resell it again. So over and over and over again, they would just play this cat and mouse game where he would do something wrong and she'd sue him. He would then sell his company. She'd have to go in and go after whoever that person was. And that person would sell it back. So round and round and round they went. And it was just tons and tons like they had filing cabinets after filing cabinets full of where they had uh, where Carol had sued Joe Exotic for all different kinds of things. And there was one part um, in the in the documentary or, or maybe whatever where they said, I think they had like people of the clerk's office down there, like the courthouse saying that you even came <laughs> in and you said his last name. They were just like, oh, my God. And, you know, I, that resonates with me because in the real estate field, that's how people keep their stuff safe. That's how they keep it safe. They will transfer deed to deed to, you know, to another person, to another person. So like, if you let, let's say that me and you have a house together and then I have tax issues, I don't want anything to happen. I'm just going to go ahead and solely transfer the deed to you. And then let's say something happens to you and you don't want your property to be at stake. You're going to go ahead and deed that to Rick. And, and they just keep, you know, deeding it to these people just to keep, make sure that their, their property is, is secure. So when she said that, I was like, yep. Thank you so goes. much for breaking that <laughs> down because I, I listened when they said it, but I couldn't have put it in like, like easy terminology. Cause I don't, you know, I don't understand it the way you understand it. So yes, exactly what you said was exactly what he kept doing. Um, in the midst of all the lawsuits, Joe sold GW Zoo to a man named Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe is the one that I was saying earlier, uh, got on on Joe's internet show with him and, and dropped down $10,000 and was like, if you can get Carol arrested for anything at all, we'll pay you $10,000. So Jeff made... Yeah, Jeff Lowe. Yeah, Jeff Lowe made Joe exotic feel like he could just change the world because Joe was drowning in lawsuits. He was drowning in debt. He had gotten to a point where his lawyers had said, look, we're not going to even cover you anymore because you owe us 30, you know, you owe, no, I think he owed them $50,000 in, in back pay. Well, here comes Jeff Lowe and talk to his lawyers and they settled on, if you can pay us $30,000 today, then we'll, we'll continue to cover you. So Jeff Lowe gets this $30,000, pays it right out. Now, throughout all this time, Jeff makes himself come off like he's just got all the money in the world. He's got deep, deep pockets. He's got this beautiful house and these beautiful women. And in the end, it was really that Jeff just had his hand in a lot of different little honey bowls and he had people that would come through for him as long as he could come through for them. So he didn't have really any money. He was just kind of an in-between guy. And in the end, Joe sells GW Zoo to Jeff Lowe, thinking, you know, Jeff Lowe kind of made him feel like, we're going to make this way better. We're going to make this beautiful, wonderful, whatever. And um, we're going to make this really profitable. We're going to make this a really classy zoo. And he kept Joe Exotic's face as the face of the zoo but he came in, fired a bunch of the workers that had worked there for years with Joe, and he brought in some of his own people. And Joe started to go off the deep end because he said that nobody would listen to him and that um, they, you know, they said, we don't work for you. 
And he would go to Jeff Lowe and Jeff Lowe would say, well, they don't work for you. They work for me. So if somebody thinks your ideas are stupid and they don't want to do them, they don't have to do them. I mean, it essentially in turn to that. So he was just the face of everything. They even had a video where he'd gone into one of the tiger cages to, uh, to film, <laughs> to film an ad for when he was running for president. And, um, it was, <laughs> it was great. One of the tigers wouldn't stop sniffing his shoe. And then just, <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's kind of trying to shoo the cat away. You no. bitch, you are gonna get me, you bitch. He was like, oh my god, nobody's helping him. So he's helping he's me. trying to shoo the tiger away, and the tiger won't won't stop. And then suddenly, it just grabs him by the foot and drags him, and tries to drag him under this wooden enclosure to attack him. But he and he had a he oftentimes had a like a metal like walking stick, kind of like a cane that he used to help him where he had hurt his leg previously. And he was beating this tiger over the head. The tiger didn't care. And then he pulls the gun out. It doesn't shoot the tiger, but it shoots close to it. And I mean, it kind of backed off, but it didn't it didn't really want to leave him alone. He's screaming at this tiger. Exactly what you said. You fucking bitch. I'll put a bullet between your eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody's filming. Yep. Nobody's and then helping. he's crying about it, you know, to Jeff Lowe. Like, I, somebody put somebody put uh, perfume on my shoes so that the tigers would want to attack me. That's what he's decided has happened. And Joe or Jeff has decided, like, we need to get him out of here. This dude's nuts. And I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we, we need to get him out of here. Like, he's just going off the deep end about it. Um, so uh, he... Let's see. Um, Joe did decide, as you said, to run for president in the middle of all this chaos. He ends up using some of the money from the GW Zoo to fund his com- campaign, which is illegal. He can't do that. So, Je- oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. Numbers on this. So he ran. He ran twice. He ran for president one time, and then he ran for governor. He ran for independent president of Colorado, and he received nine hundred and sixty-two <laughs> votes. What? And then, and, <laughs> and then when he ran in um, two thousand and eighteen, he ran for governor, and he received six hundred and sixty-four <gasps> votes. So it was better. It was better the first. Yeah, time but around. I mean that's president. So, like, if you're talking about him only running in a governor election, the fact that he got that many votes is insane. Yeah. I mean, he actually came pretty close, like, it, it, all things considered. <laughs> um, he ends up getting a campaign manager throughout all of this, very young guy. Um, and that guy kind of tried to set Joe in the right direction of, like, you know, let, let's change your image just a little. And Joe was like, fuck that. I am who I am. And he just didn't care. He would still go after anybody that pissed him off, and especially Carol. You know, even while he was running for man, or I'm sorry, for governor, he's still making internet shows. You know, that bitch, Carol Baskins. I'm, I'm gonna shoot her. So he never, never held back about how much he wanted her dead, and would constantly say to people, you know, I'll pay you to kill her, and he would say it on his internet show, like I'll, I'll pay someone to kill her. So his campaign manager. Um, he in in one of the scenes because anybody that dealt with joe kind of just had to live on their little compound like they if you wanted the inside with joe you had to live there so the campaign manager was living there for a few months and he's in the office one day 
and there's a camera rolling and the camera is pointed it's up above his head and it's pointing down at him kind of like when you picture like walking to a convenience store the way those cameras point down at the uh the cash register and stuff and travis who was joe's second husband now he's still married to his first husband but uh they added travis to their union travis comes in one that they they portray like yes. straight out of Baywatch, right? Yeah. So he comes in and he had a thing about how he would just point guns at everybody. He loved his guns and he loved his ATVs and he would just ride his ATV all over the the zoo and just point guns at people. Like they showed different video clips where he would just ride by somebody be filming, you just be pointing a gun at him, just screaming, just acting like a nut. And that shit would piss me off so bad. When he was telling that story, I was like, <laughs> I wish a motherfucker would every time I turn around have a gun. Right. The, camp, the no campaign manager said Travis no would wake him up sometimes with a gun in his head. You know, just get out, motherfucker! Like, just... Yeah, he, he said it wasn't nothing. He'd be like, yes. freeze, motherfucker! <laughs> and so, so the campaign manager's like, Dude, you can't do this. Like, we've had this discussion before. I've told you over and over again. You cannot point guns at people. Stop pointing guns at my head. And Travis is like, it's not even loaded. He's like, look, it doesn't even have a clip in it. Points the gun at his own head, shoots himself in the head, fucking dies right in front of the campaign manager. Yeah, that was crazy. His reaction was so genuine and so like it was his can reaction. I, can I like, tell oh, you, I did you know? the exact same, like, home alone, clap my hand over my face. I went, oh, just like he did the moment he did. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you saw the back, you saw the flash from the front, you know? Yep. Like, oh, yep, shit. that's exactly right. And he, like, he panicked because he was like, I couldn't tell if it was real. Like, it's not like what you see in the movies. It didn't look like that. He's like, I. I, I just, I, he used to pull tricks on me all the time. And I just figured this has to be a trick. Like my mind wouldn't let me believe what I saw. And right. at the funeral wow. for Travis, Joe got up and sang a nice little song for him. And then, and, and while he's singing, so they pan over to Travis's family. It's his mom. And I think he had two sisters there. Those bitches were high as hell. <laughs> like i'm talking twitching mouth moving like head cocked back with the mouth wide open just oh just lulled out on i don't know what they meth crack coke i don't know what they were on heroin they were so fucked up and then he comes around after he gets done with his song and starts talking about this nice little anecdote about how travis used to make me laugh every time you know, when the world was getting me down, he'd just take his balls out and put them right on my face. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, y'all know about his and then, balls. Y'all saw his oh, balls. He's just they gonna like say that little nuggets. golden nuggets. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, good Lord. So, within less than a month of after Travis died, Joe meets himself a new nice young man because at this point, the other guy, the first husband, John, I'm sorry, Three Teeth's name is John. He's left Joe for a woman. He, uh, a woman that ran the front desk after he got her pregnant. And uh, it just seemed like Joe's life was starting to shatter. He didn't have his first husband or his second husband. So he just found him a nice new little man and got married within a month of after. I don't even think it was a month. Was it two weeks? 
might've been two weeks after Travis died, invited Travis's mom to the wedding. She comes and it's just, it's just her and one other person. Like she's like the witness and they made her take pictures. <laughs> like her son had just oh died and she's over here. She was like, I thought it was a whole huge wedding. And I thought you know, he was inviting me because, you know, he felt bad and, Okay, still weird, but really what I thought was he probably said, hey, I'll hook you up with that uh, that crack you need if you come on out to this wedding. And she's like, all right, <laughs> dead son be damned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so since Joe's, uh, Joe's whole life is kind of crashing down, he doesn't own the zoo anymore. He and Jeff Lowe are not getting along. And he and his newest husband decide they're going to go into hiding. They're going to go out somewhere in the middle of Oklahoma. They're going to start their own zoo. They start taking cats from GW Zoo in the middle of the night over and over again. And finally, Jeff threatened him. He's like, come back on this property one more time and fucking kill you. Like, you don't, you don't work here anymore. You don't live here anymore. You don't own this place. Don't ever come on my property. So... <laughs> So they're like, they're filming at this point, they're filming Joe and Joe's, <laughs> Joe's just sitting there and suddenly he gets this look on his face and I'm like, oh no, he's going to, he's going to vomit. Just gets up, walks over and pukes for no reason other than he said he was stressed out. No, I don't, I don't think that was stress puke. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. And um, one of the men that Jeff, you know, who, who bought the Joe, the, the zoo from Joe or stole it, if you ask Joe, um, when he took a his name was alan so alan was uh was jeff's right hand man he was his quote-unquote handyman and alan and joe hated each other so much because alan would never fail to tell joe how much he hated him and how stupid he thought he was and then joe would try to go back to jeff and jeff's like alan's my right hand man you know he could do no wrong so um, it comes to light, finally, that Joe offered to pay Alan $5,000 if he, quote, kill that bitch Carol Baskins. And... Did you, did you think that oh, yeah. Jeff was a low-down, dirty dog? Yeah. He was, like, all... I mean, from day one, it was, like, everything was about money. Money, 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 and power. That's all he was in there for. And it was almost like he he went in like a sly dog, like as if he were going to help him out. And, you know, you can put it all in my name and, and you want to worry about Carol Baskin, but he, he was, he look, I do. He was a money hungry mofo. I do not own rights to this music. Well, Joe, from, from what Alan says, Joe paid him $3,000, but Alan, quote unquote, says he chickened out and he just left with Joe's money. Now, we all think Joe, that Alan just went on a drug bid and she didn't actually chicken out. He was just like, fuck this dude. I'm going to, you know, take his money and go on my drug binge. And there is no proof that Joe gave Alan this money, like, because supposedly it was in cash. But at this point, Jeff, Alan, and another guy who was the guy that uh, was an investor in all of this that owned a bunch of strip clubs, 
they all start working with the FBI and with the police and they start recording conversations with Joe and trying to get Joe to admit it. And Joe will say it out to anybody like, oh, yeah, you know, pay anybody to kill that bitch, Carol Baskins. Oh, a side note, at one of the points when they're interviewing Alan, Alan gets just crawls up in a jacuzzi tub in his swim trunks while he's being filmed and starts bathing like it's just normal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. So Jeff Allen and the strip club investor, they all begin, like I said, wearing these wires, cooperating with the police, the FBI. Joe, in the end, he is arrested and eventually he's indicted on what I believe, I believe it was 19 counts of animal cruelty as well as murder for hire. Um, he had five tigers' bodies that were buried at the sanctuary. And like, I mean, I'm not, I don't know what he did, but he claims, look, you know, if the tigers were sick, I mean, they had to be put down and they have to be put somewhere. I, there was no need for me to pay. I mean, anybody that's ever had to put, you know, their dog, or their cat down, you either get the ashes, you get them cremated or you have to bury them. And that's on you to figure that out. If you have to get them cremated, you have to pay for that. And he was like, there was no reason for me to pay for that. I own a zoo. I can bury them. And that's what we did. He's like, these cats died either from sickness or they had to be put down. He's like, I didn't murder any animals. And it was, it was only five. Like, I bet if you dug up like Doc Antle's place, you'd find hundreds of bodies. That's what I think personally. But um, to this day, Joe is still in jail. Uh, he speaks to his third husband several times a day. He does. <laughs> Um, oh, and the, the meme, the meme that, uh, that I saw was, um, it was something about, oh, I know what it was. Uh, feel, it was a picture of Carol Baskins and it said, feeling cute might feed my husband to the tigers today. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he got 22 years and I bet you right now he is in there living his best life. Do you understand? He is so excited and tickled pink the world is talking about him like this. this is all he ever wanted you know they give them all standard like white robes in there these like terry cloth robes i bet you every time he comes out of his cell it's open <laughs> like i'm the motherfucking shit <laughs> you know what i did love the fact that he was crying on the phone with his husband with his third husband saying they got me locked in a cage and i can't handle it you know why you know why tigers uh don't like being in a cage because uh their souls die dude do you not hear the irony right, right? that's how i feel like we're right um, now we're locked in a cage <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can say well i don't mind the um i certainly do not mind the being at home and the social distancing but i am just terrified of of what is out there you know yeah so. you know and, and we were talking about this earlier about having to go out or whatever and i told you i haven't been anywhere because we have the resources and stuff where we can get stuff delivered and so for like the last month i've had every, everything delivered here you know the longer that i stay away it almost makes me feel that much more anxious to go out again. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like I haven't been out there for like a month, so I don't know what's happening. And it's almost like I, if I go out into the stores, I have to, it, it's almost like a reality slap in your face. Like what's really happening? Cause I haven't been out there. I don't know anything beyond these walls in here for the last month. 
See, right now we don't have the option of the the home delivery service. I mean, we have it, but it's so backed up. Like it, you can't, there's no, um, I, I found some stuff on um, Prime Pantry, Amazon Prime Pantry. And usually that stuff will be delivered in three to five days. And um, it said that we will get it on April 28th. I ordered it yesterday, which was the what, 8th, 7th. I can't remember what day we're at right now. <laughs> Um, but three weeks. It's going to take three weeks for me to get my Prime Pantry uh, box. Do you guys have Instacart? We do have. Uh, we do have Instacart. Um, we we could use the uh, the Instacart shopper. The only reason we haven't is because again, it's it's over. I don't want to say it's overpriced. I used to use it, it um, from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. But I I don't mean it to sound derogatory because they've got to make profits somehow. Um, but it, it's just a matter of, uh, the problem is that I could say, well, Hey, I want, you know, these three items, but I, they can only, they'll only go to one store at a time. So if I'm like, well, Hey, I'll pay you, you know, you have to pay a delivery fee. You have to pay an up, like an uptick on every item you have to tip them. And then if they go to, let's say just to target, cause that's where I tell them to go. Well, those 10 items I couldn't find at target today. Well, now I have to pay a new Instacart shopper to go, I'll go over to, you know, Walmart or to go wherever, so it, it's just, it's so much money to pay someone to do that. And we're on a budget because again, you know, we're home, we own our own business and we're not making any profit just like anybody else. Right. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's where we're at. I hope that, uh, I hope that was enjoyable. I did love the sound effects. I think we need, we need to get those in uh, a little more often, especially when we tell each other stories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to invest in that as well, so that when you tell me stories, I can have some uh, some responses. I was just thinking, like, how can I spice this up? Like, I just wanted to play really today while you played <laughs> while you told a story. So I started going through these sound effects, and I was like, oh my god, these are great. <laughs> No, that that was good, and I'm glad uh, we actually we ended up pushing our podcast um, episode back about an hour, which was good because I I wrote all those notes in about an hour, so I needed that <laughs> I needed that hour to write all that stuff out. There was so much to that story. I'm sure I missed some stuff, okay. but I tried to get most of it in. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm I'm getting ready to watch that that uh, drug scandal one that you were <sighs> talking about. I'm gonna watch mm-hmm. that out and see how they be covering up shit oh it's it's a crazy story that's only a four-parter um and i think it it starts out really interesting like right from the get-go for me it did i was completely fascinated and um i actually had uh i actually had rick watch it because again he was like eh, i don't know like i that sounds more like something i would enjoy like a lot of the time he'll sell me hey, I think you might like this movie. And I'll say, no, I think I'd like it if you told me about it, but I don't want to watch it. So that's what he was saying. It was like, I think I'd like that drug scandal if you tell me about it, but I think it's going to be boring. And no, he got sucked in. It, we watched, there were four episodes. We watched three of them in one day. And then we watched the last one on the, the next day. And it it was just, oh, it's so crazy. You're going to have to tell me what you think about it. It's so good though. How you said about... uh I'd rather hear about it than watch it. That's how I felt about that damn Madam CJ or whatever. Oh, that was such a letdown. I wanted yeah, to I like that you, so bad. I you a message and I was like, eh, so-so. Like, and then after that, I was just like, fuck, I can't watch this. It's just, it was just so 
they could have done Trite. way better than that. It was just so blah and so it wasn't good at all. It it didn't feel like this is gonna sound really ridiculous when I say this, but it didn't feel like it had any heart to it. It felt right. like they were just acting. Yeah, yeah, it did. And it was bad acting. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It was not good. And I I love Octavia Spencer. I will watch yeah. just about anything she's in, but I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it at all. Me either. I I, I was like, it's so so and you're like, Oh really? That's disappointing. I'm like, Yeah, wait till you watch it. <laughs> I, I know I was I was hoping that I would disagree I was hoping I was gonna be like no, it's really good I like it I, I didn't even get through the first episode I think I got 30 minutes in and I was just like I can't do it I gotta turn it off yeah too bad that's so sad yeah I know I know I wanted I wanted to watch that so bad it looked so good Oh, well, well, I guess that's that's it. That's our time until next time.